Hey folks, welcome back. This is Andy and this is the Pork Rolls Almanac. Today we have a special guest, Garrison from Cool Zone Media. If you're not familiar with Cool Zone Media, it's the home of podcasts like It Could Happen Here, Behind the Bastards, and many more. The entire idea of Cool Zone Media is to be a left-leaning outlet focused on collapse and rebirth. So obviously, I wanted to have a conversation about this. We chat extensively about this idea of being in mainstream media or being near mainstream media and how to balance these two seemingly incompatible positions of how do I get the largest audience without giving up my values. So I think you guys will enjoy this conversation as it provides an interesting framework for how the left could move forward. Garrison, thanks so much for joining us. Could you introduce yourself and the organization? Hello, uh, I'm Garrison Davis. I'm a writer and I guess podcaster, supposedly. And I work for Coolzone Media, which is a media collective made up of people trying to make stuff around kind of... I guess we say the collapse, but we are kind of anti-collapse as a concept. We, we use collapse as like a marketing term. But really, we, we are we are more anti-collapse in terms of, like, we don't think collapse, like, exists. Like, there's no a collapse. But typically, you know, our, our stuff is around is around the general vein of, like, oh, society does seem to be kind of, like, slowly slipping away and falling apart and the different ways that we can respond to that. Yeah, there's this, like, slight unraveling yeah. going on. And what that looks like is up yes, to us. Yes, so it's talking about, like, responses to that unraveling and how we can maybe make things better as that happens. Cool. So I've got a bunch of questions about Cool Zone Media and what you guys were thinking about as this project came forward. I know, and I'm sure you know on the left, there's like always people interested in trying to create this infrastructure around how do we collectivize our voices and our interests in a way that's meaningful and capable of platforming one another. I'm assuming that's part of what this came from is that you already had this platform yeah. with especially like Robert's particular projects between Behind the Bastards and It Could Happen Here, yeah. uh, which you're also involved. I know you're involved with both. So what was the impetus to say, okay, we need to do this? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a bringing together of all the projects that Robert and then eventually Robert and myself were working on between Behind the Bastards, relaunching It Could Happen Here. And then, you know, our various other shows about, you know, like our show on Portland, our show about Rojava. So it's about, yeah, like kind of uniting all those under one banner. And then with that banner, providing an opportunity for people with different perspectives to kind of say their piece as well. But kind of within the same general kind of tone and mood and like the general gist, but people with more diverse backgrounds to have like a specific platform to host content around these types of topics. Cool. So I have to ask because it, was, it seemed very coincidental and I'm sure there was a lot of work in the background on both of these. This rolled out about the same time as the unionization going on at iHeartRadio. Was that a coincidence or was that was a coincidence? I mean, yeah, that was concurrent, but it wasn't like it was just two things happening around the same time. And yeah, I mean, that hasn't really affected the way we run things at Cool Zone because Cool's, we're pretty independent in terms of what we're allowed to do we're just able to, you know, get extra kind of backing to pay more people to do things, which is great. But in terms of like our actual like production and content, it's pretty in-house in terms of being able to decide what, what we can and can't do. Cool. So I want to ask, what's the difference between building out this network and like, just say 
promoing one another's work. What were the reasons why this formalization of these partnerships was so important to you guys? I mean, the formalizations, it's, it's there for a few reasons. One, because of the audience that has already been accumulated through Behind the Bastards and it could happen here, there's a bit of like the audience transfer that can happen on newer projects for people that maybe aren't as much of an established thing. And then the other part is it's not just promoting other people's work and putting it onto our feed. Everything is also produced. It's the whole creative process also gets intertwined. So we get a lot of other, we get a lot of people are able to work on projects to provide as many kind of backgrounds and voices and opinions as possible across our various kind of shows or projects. So we get a lot of people working on the different things. And then those things can hopefully, you know, get more eyes on them once they are released. So they're basically more integrated in a lot of ways as opposed to just being like hey we're friends and we also have podcasts on similar subjects yeah yeah like you know we yeah there's like the formal role of like producers you know like sophie is a is a producer but you know there's always there's always like a kind of constant collaboration between episodes of different shows and that's kind of a big a big part of it as well as being able to have that kind of cross communication between people who are kind of thinking about the same things but now you can actually like talk about it with other with other people to help make your your episodes or your scripts just more well-rounded in general. Yeah, I, I could see how that could definitely work. Now, you've brought up this idea that Collapse is, while a focus is more of a periphery, it's more of like an entryway or for, for yeah. people that might be peripherally aware of the fact that things are kind of getting weird, let's say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, things definitely feel like they're collapsing. That's definitely a, that's definitely a feeling that we have. Yeah. So like one of the really important things I think about these conversations and this idea of like creating a network around this functionally understood term of collapse, it's a way to get people that all see something's happening to say, hey, I should also pay attention to these other projects, which is, I think, a really interesting thing. And then like what really piqued my curiosity is the name itself, Cool Zone Media, which like it subverts that like doomer aesthetic that comes with like, here's a bunch of stuff yeah. about collapse. It's not really about collapse. Also, we're called like Cool Zone Media. And it's got this really interesting branding that like, again, completely subverts that. Could you talk about that a little bit? I mean, that's it, it ties into like the whole doomer idea and collapse and like the cool zone concept like like the concept of the cool zone being like this moment in time where large scale kind of societal change can happen that's not really pleasant to live through but in the end it can be really interesting to learn about so like chronicling that but like in terms of like doomer stuff and collapse and then trying to put a better spin on it like with cool zone is like yeah it's bad things are always going to happen like you can't stop bad things from happening the bad things can make you feel really down and make you kind of lose hope and make you get like black pilled make you doomer pilled whatever but that is kind of up to you like your response to the things happening is solely up to you like the, the things are going to happen but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to respond to it in a certain way so you can look at all of the things that are horrible and let that kind of keep you down and further your depression that we all always deal with, basically, right? Um, especially on the left, I feel like basically everyone's always depressed. So yeah, you can add on to that, or you can look at all these things that are happening and see them as an opportunity for great social change and see it as not even great social change, but like small-scale social change as well in terms of being able to utilize because things are unraveling, you get all this thread to play with. 
and maybe you can use that thread inside your local communities to make things better for you and your friends. Because even if that's less logical in terms of like, you know, if you want to like plot out how bad things are going to be, it's still going to make your life better. Like you're still going to have a better time. So why not do that as opposed to doom scrolling every day? Because that's not doing anything either. Yeah, it, it's interesting, you know, especially like with it could happen here, how it went from this very focused, darker the the earlier content yeah season one yeah. yeah season one and even the first and the first five episodes of season two yeah. yeah and then it's like here's people working on solutions yeah that was kind of always the intention for what could happen here because season one and the first five episodes of season two are basically like our manifesto and they're like they're very clearly demonstrating the problems in very simple terms so like here's the actual problem completely laid out and then we kind of say yep there's the problem all right. Um, and then with The Daily Show, because we can't be able to make that kind of level of quality content every single day, what the kind of The Daily Show does is taking taking that manifesto and building on it and being like, okay, yes, here's all of the problems that we're going to face and are facing. What is different ways we can handle that? Here's, let's talk about, let's, let's talk about these things as constant forces. Like, let's, let's talk about these things as things that we cannot necessarily avoid. But how do we deal with that idea now? So that's kind of what The Daily Show is. And then, like, every once in a while, we do scripted episodes again. Like, I try to at least get a few scripted episodes out each month that are kind of similarly more of, like, here's laying out in a scripted format in a more kind of dramatic, depressing manner a big problem. But even still, every once in a while in the scripted episodes, they can also, they can also offer solutions. Like, as they did in the first season as well. With my like recent episode, like um, hyper objects, I think is a is a is a good example of being like, yes, you're laying out something in a scripted produced format, but it doesn't need to get you down. Throughout all of these things, you can choose, you can choose to make them feel more oppressive, or you can be more radical and find liberation through these things. And that choice really is up to people. I think a lot of people have been convinced that they have so little active choice in their lives now because in a lot of ways they don't but in a lot of ways they actually do and you can force active choice like you can you can still force free will despite the system wanting to make you feel like you can't right the the actual loss the actual failure is when the system convinces you that you cannot you cannot push back against it in any way that's when you've actually completely lost because yeah you actually can you actually can revolt and it's maybe not it's maybe not even in the ways you think, right? A lot of like protesting, that type of a revolt is built into the system to make the system stronger. It's this self-perpetuating thing. The best example of this is in Rick and Morty with um the simple Rick's Freedom Wafer Selects. Is like, yeah, like that type of revolt is actually you actually they actually want you to do it, it'll make the system stronger. But there is other ways of revolting and there's other ways of taking agency. And that's kind of the stuff that I I prefer to focus on myself at least when I'm kind of scripting out different ideas or possibilities within the framework of it could happen here. Yeah, there's a certain amount of soberness that has to come with recognizing what's going on in terms of climate change and collapse, I guess, capitalism, and so on. But that doesn't mean that there aren't solutions and simple solutions in some cases, where it's many times the most powerful thing you can do is just basically disengage with the system that's perpetuating. Yeah the reason you feel like you can't do anything yeah it's it's about breaking out of a loop like we're all caught in so many loops right now we're caught in like so many endless like mobius strips 
that we feel like have been tied into different knots. And as soon as you realize that the knot doesn't exist, and you can actually phase through it because it's not a three-dimensional thing, it's a four-dimensional thing, then that is so much more freeing because it turns out a lot of the restraints that we feel are kind of self-imposed. Yes, the system told us that they're there, but we believed the system and we don't need to. Like, you, you, you don't need to believe that. So a lot of it actually is self-imposed. So once you realize that there's this, this extra de degree of movement, you know, this fourth dimension inside our, inside our own heads, then that makes everything a lot more freeing. And that's the type of stuff I'm, I'm trying to foster. And like, in generally, we're trying to kind of move towards as well across, across Cool Zone. Yeah, that's accurate. I was, as you were saying this, I just realized that I forgot to plug my sheep's electric fence back in. And that's also like the perfect metaphor. So like I was outside with my kids, so I unplugged the sheep uh, fence so my kids didn't get shocked. And like the sheep don't know that right now there's literally nothing holding them back. Exactly. And it's like it's that illusion because of previous experience. And that like it's just so coincidental. I was just like, oh, shit, I forgot to do that. And I'm like, yeah, they're not going to go anywhere anyway. No, actually, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the same thing. So like so many on the people on the left feel like we have so little agency because in, in, again, in a lot of ways we don't. But there is a lot of ways that we actually do. I think a lot of things are generally more possible than what we get across. Now, everything still needs a means of manifestation, right? You can't just hope that there's the revolution tomorrow. That's useless. But so many things can have a means of manifestation if you're creative enough to think about it and work on it. And in that case, a lot of things can be way more possible than what one would ordinarily assume. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening. You know, one of the weird things about podcasts is that we don't ever get to interact with any of y'all listening right now. So to make up for it, we're going to do something special. Yeah, we are. Oh shit, I didn't know you were here. Me either. Is there anyone else here? Okay, so on 420, 9pm EST, Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be live talking about what, Nash? The history of... wait for it. Cannabis. Get on the bus. The cannabis. Get it? Get it? You know what? Never mind. We'll be live on our Twitch channel, our YouTube channel, and our Facebook page for some reason, and even our Twitter handle. You'll be able to comment along with us as we discuss the topic du jour. What? It's gonna be great. I'm gonna be the... I'm Matt. You have to tune in April 20th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter even. It's free, so if you're enjoying us, why not? The History of Cannabis. For our socials and the links for the event, jump on poorproles.com. So I'm curious, you know, you you guys have this platform now, and um, you were fortunate enough to be able to go into this creating Cool Zone Media with already having a very large platform which I think is a huge benefit compared to other people. Yeah. I'm curious about like how you envision it growing and kind of its place within a larger media ecosystem, kind of where it fits in. I don't know. I always kind of view both my work and Coulson as a whole as more of like a fifth estate type thing, which is like we're not really even the fourth estate. Like we're not, we're not like mainstream media that is another system of control where we actually are kind of just a little bit outside of that. I mean, like, we're definitely closer than a, than a lot of other people, right? Because, like, Roberts has articles in, like, Rolling Stone. But, like, we definitely are just, like, right right outside the cultural mainstream and zeitgeist. And kind of our goal 
is because we're right outside there is like to draw people in who are used to kind of mainstream media and draw pe- draw draw those people in to more radical ideas. Yeah. And that's kind of a, that's that's kind of how I see it cuz I mean like part of me always wants to create media for anarchists and you know and and media for people that are more radical. But that's not necessarily a great like if I want to pay my rent, that's not that great business model <laughs> because there isn't many anarchists. So kind of a lot of what we do focus on is like always having it in the background that yeah, I want to create media that's enjoyable for people who are more radical, but then also start slowly slowly introducing more kind of radical ideas and thought to people that are used to kind of mainstream media. And that's definitely the way I go about it often, because as cool as it is to make anarchist media for other anarchists, I think it's... They're already drinking from the well. Exactly. You're, 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 exactly, right? So that is, that is fun and that can be great, but I think it's maybe more interesting and more impactful to slowly start introducing those concepts in ways that people will be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, you know, assuming they're used to listening to like the New York Times Daily Show or, you know, whatever bullshit. Yeah, something like Pod Save America or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing to try to walk that line that, you know, in many ways, I'm not jealous of you for having to try to walk this line of like, these are my politics, but also like I have to work in this infrastructure that I ended up within. And how do I balance my values versus the realities of what I do? And I'm sure that's a challenge for you and everyone else at the team. Do you have any thoughts or comments on on that fun part of it? I mean, it can be challenging sometimes. I just, but if you if you take it from more, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's more challenging if you assume a lot of like in group out group dynamics, and if you make things like, yeah, it, it's more challenging if you're more like naturally gatekeepy. But if if you're if you're willing to like define terms and not assume things as absolutes, then it's actually not that hard to approach. It just means that you are like restricted in what things you assume that people already know or or already agree with. And that's fine. Like all that course all that forces you to do is to be a better writer, honestly. Like that's that's really all it is. So yeah, maybe it'll take some more work, but I think the media and the result of the writing will be better anyway. Okay. I was thinking more specifically around the capital nature of it. Like the fact that like we have a podcast and like the constant inner dialogue we have here is between like, do we run ads? Do we not run ads? Oh, yeah. How do we integrate into like how do if our goal is to educate people and to get them to understand and like see this perspective that we're trying to present, obviously it takes time and time is money because just like everyone's got to pay rent. And I'm I'm really interested, like how like how does Cool Zone Media fit into this like very complicated and costly ecosystem? And consider your values and things like that. I mean, we don't really have any qualms with taking money from capitalists who are willing to give it to us. Uh, if they if if capitalists are going to give us media to create media that is critical of capitalism, I'm allowed to have dualistic thinking. Like I'm 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 allowed to have two opposing things exist. So- simultaneously and i i have no problem with that a a lot of people have a lot of problems with holding paradoxes i have gotten over that (laughs) um so i don't i don't really care i mean yeah i mean you can you can talk about this for a long time but for what we're doing right now is like we're employing a lot of really cool people with really rad politics we're giving them a means to live their life if we were supported on patreon for instance 
then we could not hire as many people. And then we would also be pulling our money just from a lot of other poor people. And I, I have no problems with other people using Patreon. I think that's it's a wonderful system for getting uh, people paid to make really great stuff. But I'm really grateful that we are able to instead take money from corporations to make the same things. Because I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. I like, you know, and like, there's a lot of like left projects that like assume capitalism is going to fail. And like, sure, it'll probably fail eventually if you're talking like, if you're talking about like vast timescales. But like, I don't think I'll see the end of capitalism within North America by the time I die. Like, I, I that's not something I go out and assume. So why not take their money anyway to make stuff that maybe makes people's lives better? Because, yeah, in terms of, like, you want to live out your ideals and stuff, like, yeah, you can definitely do that on a small scale in the way you live your life. And I think that's the way, like, I approach it is, like, yeah, I can, I can like, live anarchy. I can live communism within my own kind of life, my friend groups, my social groups, how we, you know, grow food, how we, you know, are, like, self trying to be more, like, self-sufficient, you know, dual power, for instance. But that still is dual power. There is the other side of it. Is this still, like, the state is still probably going to be there. Capitalism is still probably going to be there. And if we've created enough of a scam to siphon money from Coca-Cola to help <laughs> us pay rent, then like, cool, that's whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I completely get it. Uh, I was just kind of interested to hear from the other side. Yeah, I mean, like, we definitely think about it, but we're also like absurdists and we recognize that it's ridiculous and a little silly, but so is the rest of the world. Yeah, it is an interesting thing when you think about it, because like, no one says to anyone like, oh, you work for like Pepsi, like you're taking money from a capitalist. But like if you do like art I do. and you're and you're I art. do. I mean <laughs> I, I get people who say, you know, I work for Clear Channel, I work for, you know, because yeah, that is where the money comes from. And like, yeah, that's where the money comes from. And again, you can choose to make that really depressing and make that hashtag problematic, or you can find it liberating and find it really funny. And I've chosen the second option because I think that's more useful. <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah i mean it what what it comes down to is everyone has to work for someone shitty to make money and i, I feel like there's a there's a if you do things that are art or focused on your politics intermingling them is where it gets like messy and there's a lot of criticism to be had sure and like honestly like i think about like what you guys are doing and um it does offer some freedom in some ways because of the fact that the people who are financing your work are fully aware of what you stand for you're not hiding anything or you're no. not like you're not having to kind of toe a line in some ways. Nope. Um, whereas like, you know, if you have Patreon, you know, you say something that somebody takes the worst possible way, which, you know, never happens on the left. No, never. We always we always assume best intentions. Yes. And it's suddenly people are like, well, then I'm going to pull my Patreon. I'm going to tell other people to pull their Patreon. And it's like, well, yeah, now I can't pay rent because you disagreed or misunderstood this one thing I said. And like that comes with its own like very significant shortfalls yeah and i the other thing about that is i really i really appreciate that no one needs to pay money for the things i make i i really like that all of my stuff is available for free that like no one needs to do any paywalls no one needs a subscription it's just you can just listen to it and you can if you want to you can hit the 30 second skip ad for ads or you cannot that's up to you and that's the other thing i really appreciate is that it's not it's not paywalled for people it's not sectioned off so it is like that ease of access I really appreciate. But yeah, also the fact that, yeah, I mean, we are both very explicit in what we say and our employers know that, but they also don't care <laughs> because we also make them money, which is yeah. the weird 
thing. It's like, yeah, capitalism is a self-perpetuating system. Anti-capitalist media, in some ways, strengthens capitalism as a whole. And that's just, that is how it goes. And again, I if 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 you assume that capitalism is going to fail very soon, then you can see that it's like a big problem. You're like, oh, why would you strengthen capitalism? But if you come at it from the point of being like, yeah, no, it's capitalism's going to go on with with or without me, then I think that's if you approach it from that way, you can kind of understand where at least I'm coming from and a few of the other people on the team does. This money that they're making and spending is going to go to somebody, and I think it's just rad that it can go to me and my friends <laughs> it's, yeah. instead of you know some lib making a podcast about obama's third term yeah or what, like whatever <laughs> bullshit <laughs> yeah what do you see as the future of cool zone media that's a good question like where do you see it in five years like is it going to grow into uh, like obviously there's probably going to be more podcasts but like is it going to be more than just that or is it going to be like you'd brought up this idea of like kind of trying to dip your toes into pulling people left yeah is that like where you see growth and opportunity because there isn't anyone really doing it on the scale that you guys can offer? That's what we always kind of try to do, whether that be, you know, with Behind the Bastards, because that's so much so much more approachable from like a, from like a historical angle. It could happen here because it's more approachable from like a current events angle. All of our like limited run series, like Jake Hanoran's series on Amazon, you know, it's like we, we always kind of try to pull things that are like things that are in the popular culture, in the popular zeitgeist and then address them from a more radical perspective. And if people enjoy it, then maybe they'll listen to our other shows. But in terms of what we'll be growing into, I mean, yeah, there's going to be more podcasts. But for like five years, I don't know. Like I personally would love to expand into other media, like other other like uh, m- like mediums of media beyond just podcasting. Like my, my initial love was filmmaking. So I would love to do more like short documentary series. But I mean, the, the primary thing is going to be podcasts because that is what pays the bills and that's what we get money to do but i mean i yeah i don't know what the next five years is going to bring i've had so much personal change in my life the past three years that i could have never predicted that i would be here now um so who knows who who knows what it'll be like in five years just kind of you know doing what we are interested in and if people like it then cool and if they don't then also cool yeah well said it's an interesting time. I'm just thinking about like, we've seen things like Means TV pop up. Yeah. And it's just like, there. there's clearly, it, it was eventually going to happen. Like the fact that we are at this point where there's enough young radical kids and technology is so cheap that like the kids that are doing the work for most of these media or organizations are just going to say, fuck it and go do it themselves for themselves and create the content that people want because everything is if you, you know, talking about like film, like if you were to look at like contemporary TV, everything dances around the problems of capitalism. And it's very yep. clear if you look at it from that angle, but it's never addressed. Even the more politically radical ones like John Oliver, they still kind of by and large dance around the question of capitalism a lot while addressing a lot of its like symptoms. Yeah. So yeah, the, that is the, that's, that's, something, that's something that's happening on an entire cultural level. And I mean, we've definitely had small breaking points we just to start talking about the explicit thing. But I think that that trend is just going to continue to happen over the course of the next five years. And we'll see more stuff break through into popular media, whether that be like film, television, music, whatever. Yeah, like I'm expecting that to happen. And I'm sure we'll be a part of some of the first few waves of that kind of cracking into the cracking into the mainstream bubble. Garrison, anything else you want to bring up that I didn't mention? Or you guys, do you have any new podcasts coming up in the next 
This will come out in April, so... April. Let's see. Yeah, I believe... Oh, boy. I mean, I could look at... how. Now that you mentioned it, I don't know. Um, We're working on a lot of cool shows right now, at least three of which are unannounced as of time of recording, but will probably be announced by the time this airs. We got a new project with Jamie Loftus happening right now that I'm personally very excited about. We got a few projects with a few other kind of uh, really, really great writers, really great um, uh, podcasters. Our ongoing episodes with the St. Andrew are one of my favorites for It Could Happen Here. It's been one, it's been one of my one of my favorite things to that we, we that we've had to happen is like, yeah, we get to pay people like him to come onto the show. And I think that's great. Like I, I found his YouTube channel a while back and I, I pitched the idea of maybe we can give this person some money and now we can. So that's that's kind of again, that, that's kind of part of the overall thing is like, yeah, if we can give people making rad media corporate money then great because that'll make their lives easier and then they can make cool stuff right they'll, they'll be able to do more things they'll be more free to make more content on their own as well so you know that's kind of that, that, that's really what i'm excited about is finding people like you know saint andrew and people like that and giving them money <laughs> because uh i think the more people you know once you have more money it does give you a degree of freedom can make things way more comfortable and, you know, free you up to pursue a whole bunch of other creative interests and political interests and all that kind of stuff. Garrison, this has been great. So folks that want to check out Cool Zone Media, you guys are on Instagram, Twitter. Allegedly. Allegedly. The website is... It's probably coolzonemedia.com. We don't uh, use it much. All, all, yeah. we really, all we really do is upload the sources for It Could Happen Here. But I mean, yeah, I mean, most of it is like the, the It Could Happen Here channel on like Apple Podcasts. And then I think on, on our website, you can find the list of like our, our shows and stuff, um, which will always, always constantly more podcast, always, always new shows, always new podcasts. That's the goal. Just keep creating content. I mean, again, it is, it is, it is the curse and the blessing. <laughs> the never ending cycle. Yeah, that's the, it's the never ending. I, it's the never ending loop of content, which one day I hope to break out of because it is a self-imposed loop, but the loop sure does pay my rent. So, yes, but you can find us online on Twitter, Instagram at um, uh, CoolZone Media, also our website. Yeah, yeah. Our flagship show is, is usually like Bastards or It Could Happen Here in terms of keeping up to date on these types of topics. And then I'm, I'm happy to get more and more kind of specialized shows on like, you know, limited topics to really give really interesting and cool deep dives into, into things beyond just current events and beyond, you know, historical bad guys. Garrison, thanks so much. Thank you for having me on. Bye.